afternoon. Thank you for the, uh, the message that you will bring to us. Help us to have a good time in your spirit and give us strength as we travel home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you're able to remain standing, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 81, the very next hymn, hymn 81. It came upon a midnight clear. Hymn 81. It came upon a midnight clear.
you for being back this afternoon. Appreciate you being here. Please, if you have your bulletin, just take those out, and <clears throat> there's only a couple of announcements. One of those is uh, make sure you remember the Christmas uh, service next Sunday morning at, uh, at 10 a.m., uh, not 10.30 and not 9.30. Now, if you come at 9.30, that's fine. <clears throat> you know, we'll be, there'll be some coffee and stuff in there for you. Uh, but we won't start till 10, all right? And uh, we'll start right on time, so please, you come be ready for that. Also, backing up Wednesday, we're, uh, we're talking about uh, Daniel, so please be here ready for our Bible study uh, in the book of Daniel again. And please pray as we move into a new year. If the Lord doesn't come back, I'll prefer him to come back. I'm not asking him to put it off or anything like that. But if he does not... Uh, then January 1st, our first Sunday uh, of the new year, is just is right here. And uh, I, I think that's neat when uh, January 1st happens on a Sunday. Uh, so please let me encourage you, you be here. Let's call it and, and get everybody back. And let's have a good day uh, on January 1st. And let's start off the new year with a bang. Amen. And let's see. <clears throat> I'd like to have a, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, maybe a 100% day. Just to see if we can get 100% of the membership of the church here, just to see uh, how many we have, you know. I mean, I'm not trying to number the people or anything like that, uh, but just to see what God's done and how he's blessed because we sometimes there's a, there, it seems like there's always a few that, that are out and then they come back and then they, another group goes. And so, uh, but, but let, let's do our best to be here ready to go Sunday morning. Uh, January 1st, start the new year off, and uh, remember our theme this year, we'll have some new banners up, and uh, on uh, stay the course uh, for 2023, and God help us uh, to do that, so please don't forget about everything, you know, everything else, we'll get everything started again uh, here in the next few weeks, all right, well let's have a good offering, and uh, if the Lord uh, blessed you, and you haven't had the opportunity to be a blessing, let me encourage you to come. And you do that at this time. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for this offering. Uh, Lord, we pray that you bless the gift and the giver. And I pray, Father God, that you'd help us, Lord, again, to be the kind of church that you'd have us to be. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you bless this week. I, I know the cold weather's coming. And, Lord, that's, it's that time of year. So, Lord, I pray that we'll uh, prepare for that in our spirit, God, and just continue to be faithful in, the, in our worship, Lord, in our service. And we give you praise for it. Bless again this offering. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. love for you to join us in singing hymn 514, hymn 514, and then immediately after this hymn, we would love for you all to briefly greet each other. Uh, hymn 514, hymn 514, Obedience. Obedience.
so beautifully there we're going to do one more hymn hymn 99 hymn 99 <laughs> hymn 99 the birthday of a king and then you may briefly greet each other
right, Exodus chapter 2. I had a, no, wait, y'all go ahead and be seated for a second. I had a few requests, but I'm going to sing anyway. <laughs> Amen. And, um, but I like this song. It's an oldie but goodie. Most of my songs are oldies. But it's a good one. So listen to the words, all right? Looking down through the ages, God beheld the dying soul. Sin had brought separation. Amen. I like that song. Amen. Thank you. 
chapter 2. I enjoy singing, but I'd rather preach any day. <laughs> Dad said about that when I surrendered to be a preacher. <laughs> he was happy, you know, but I was, I was his music director too, so that wasn't a, you know, he would rather me be a music guy than a preacher. But God has different ideas, amen, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Let me get on to it. You found your place. Exodus chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 6 and read down through verse 10. Found your place again, say amen. amen. And when she had opened it, remember the little ark that they'd put in the water, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women? Now that she may nurse the child for thee. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him. Uh, out of the water. Father, help us, Lord, this afternoon. And I'm thankful, Lord, you don't see me as I am, but uh, you see me as worthy through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for that today. And, and Lord, I call upon you, God, this afternoon, asking you, God, to help me, strengthen me, fill me with your spirit. Help me, Lord, in my thought, Lord, to uh, stay focused upon you as I preach. And pray that you'll receive the glory and the honor from it, Lord. Bless the reading of your word, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the last time we, in our message about Moses, we, we learned about fate's plan. And we talked about, and I've even mentioned it in, in the last few weeks, about how that the eyes of fate can see things that the eyes of this flesh will never and can never see. Uh, and I believe this is one of the reasons there's so many different Bible versions today. Uh, and I say that because I think man's trying to see what faith sees uh, by going through the eyes of the flesh to do it. And so when you read Scripture, if you want to understand what Scripture is saying, that we've got to look at it through the eyes of faith. But mankind has come to that place they don't want to do that. They don't want to receive what God has for them. Uh, in God's way, they want to get it in man's way, and, and that'll never happen. Uh, so again, man tries to see what faith sees through the eyes of the flesh. And we need to realize that as a child of God, that faith is imperative. Y'all understand that? Say amen. amen. Faith for the child of God is imperative. You're saved by grace through faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Romans 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says that we are justified by faith. And, and verse 2 says that we have access by faith into His grace. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. And Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 tells us that the just shall live by faith. So the whole life of the believer is to be a life of faith. From beginning to end, from faith to faith. And we see this in Jochebed. And Jochebed, by faith, put Moses in that little ark and placed it in the Nile River. 
It started floating down the river where Pharaoh's daughter saw it, and then, it, you know, when she saw it, she sent her maid to fetch it. And that's where we come to here in verse 6. We see the passion of Pharaoh's daughter. You remember the king had ignored human compassion by the cruel decree that he had made that all the male babies were to be murdered. I mean, he may have had control to this point, but listen, he could not control his daughter's womanly compassion for a crying baby. A.W. Pink, I like what he said in his book. He said, frequently it pleases the Most High to magnify his providence by things which men despise, by feeble instruments, and this, that it may the more plainly appear the excellency of the power in him. So a crying baby seemed so helpless, yet this was such a strong, uh, it was so strong here that it eventually resulted in bringing great destruction on the evil land and evil leadership of Egypt, and it all started with a crying baby. The evil and cruel pharaohs of Egypt thought they were smart. They thought that they really had everything in control. But you read Job chapter 5 and verse 13, it said, God taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Listen, Pharaoh's plan to destroy Egypt, guess what it did? It boomeranged on him. Amen. Amen. Pharaoh's plan turned out to be the very thing he was trying to keep from happening. I mean, I mean it's all in here. You read it. So we see the passion of Pharaoh's daughter when, uh, when she went and, and, and took the baby out of the, out of the ark. Now look, I want you to notice this about the adoption, what I call the presumption in it. Adoption then was not like it is today. There was no permission obtained by the biological parent. I mean, Pharaoh's daughter simply took what she wanted. I mean, after all, who's going to stop her? I mean, it's the king's daughter, right? I mean, you could say the baby was forsaken if you, if you think about that technically, but, but not willfully forsaken because they were simply doing what the decree had said and what the Pharaoh told them to do. So the princess simply presumed and she took the baby for her own and then we just read it there, she made him her son. But watch, but the power of a dictator has never been a problem for God. Never been a problem for God. It doesn't matter. Listen, whoever thinks they're in control, that ain't no problem for God. I mean, after all, watch, you know, when people ask foolish questions, you know, can God make a stone so big that he can't move it? That's foolishness. Amen? I mean, that's just, uh, uh, but understand something, that that God can do whatever he wants because it's all under his control and it's all in his will. But, but watch, so again, the, the power of a dictator has never been a problem for God. The, the Lord put things in perspective, in fact, in, in matters like this when, when he's standing before Pilate. Now, look over in John chapter 19. Uh, we're showing how God puts things in perspective. John chapter uh, 19, and look in verses 10 and 11. John chapter 19. And verse 10 and 11. Now, what? this is how God puts things in perspective. Found your place, say amen. amen. Then saith Pilate unto him, unto the Lord, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and, to, and power to release thee? Notice Jesus answers. It says, Jesus answered, 
Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Now watch, you know what the Lord's saying? The only reason you're standing here doing this is because my Father in heaven has allowed you to do it. Listen, I want you to understand, power is from God. Man often misuses it, but he never takes it from God, ever. If man has power, it's because God has allowed him to have power. So the adoption of Moses by Pharaoh's daughter was all because of the control of Almighty God. And the result was, think about it, it worked out well for God's people. Think about the, the, the taking or the adoption of, uh, of Moses by Pharaoh's daughter. It, it worked out pretty good for the Israelites. Think about it. I mean, it saved the life of the one who would become the emancipator of Israel. And not only that, but Moses is going to be trained in the ways of the Egyptian government by the very king who wanted to kill him. Amen. So look in verse 10. Um, the princess personalizes her new possession. How does she do that? Well, she gives him a name. Now, Moses' parents, and I've never really thought about this, but Moses' parents uh, may have given him a name, and that I, probably, I think they probably did when he was born. Uh, in fact, tradition tells us that his name, and, and I didn't know this either until I was studying, it was Joachim, J-O-A-C-H-I-M. Uh, they believed that that was the name that his parents gave him. However... The only name we know him by is the one that was given to him by the princess, and that name is Moses. The name was a play on words, and the Bible even tells us that. In fact, the, per, it, the, the person, watch this, who was drawn out of the water, which is what the name Moses means, he literally becomes the drawer out. In other words, he drew the Israelite people out of the land of Egypt. And so it's kind of interesting how, how God orchestrates things, amen? I mean, God is, if we'll just look back or allow him to, to have his will and way in our life, God is always in control and he will orchestrate our lives if we just allow him to do that. Amen. So we see also the purpose of, of this adoption. And there's two purposes for the adoption of Moses. And the first is a human purpose. Now the purpose for taking Moses as far as the princess was concerned was to give her a son. Uh, there's a Jewish philosopher by the name of Philo of Alexandria uh, he was uh, there uh, doing that from 20 B.C. to 50 A.D. And he said that the princess, though long married, had no child of her own. So you and I know that lack of, of children in a royal family meant the end of a dynasty. So we're told that so she sees this baby boy and she takes him as her own. Uh, now we're not told this, but, but if you think about it, if you think about Moses in being the princess's son, that means that he is in line for the throne of Egypt. Probably number two, at least, maybe number three, but we know that he is in line for the throne to follow Pharaoh, which reminds me of another man whose name is Joseph. I mean, think about it. He was a slave, to, uh, and he became the number two man in the kingdom of Egypt centuries before. And so we can see that God has no problem promoting his people no matter where they may be or no matter what background they may come from. Yeah. Amen? 
our problem is we get ahead of God. And we, so we promote ourselves. God said, listen, if you'll wait on me and give me a little time, I'm working on something over here and I'm going to promote you or I'm going to give you a promotion, but you just got to have patience and wait on me. And we are over here, we're saying, no, I don't want it. I want, a, I want my promotion right now. I want my raise right now. And so the devil dangles a job or a, or a 50 cent raise in the front of us. And, and man, and, and you know, and God's child says, oh, well, listen, I'm only going to miss one Sunday a month and that'll be okay. And so we're over here, we're saying, I'll take it. Come on. And we didn't wait on God. And you know, listen, the devil, you give him a, an inch and he'll take a mile in your life. And we get ahead of him. But listen, we, we settle. Have you ever thought about what we could have if we didn't settle? Yeah, amen. Amen. I mean, we settle for what Satan and the world has for us instead of, of waiting on what God has for us. Listen, what God has for us is a whole lot better than what anything close to what the devil has for us. But people make decisions with the eyes of, here it is again, with the eyes of this flesh and never see through the eyes of faith. And we miss out on the blessings of God. Well, here's Moses. He's in the, uh, the line for the, uh, for the throne. And, and the princess uh, will not be disappointed in Moses, at least until he's 40. Amen. I mean, he's doing everything the right way. I mean, he's going, doing all this stuff. And, but listen, God's working behind the scenes. Because Moses was not only a good-looking child. If you look in Acts chapter 7 and verse 20, it tells us a little more about him. It tells us that he was mighty in words and deeds. In other words, he's successful in the eyes of Egypt. And let me say this real quick. Moses was a good steward of his opportunities. Amen. Think, th now think about this. Now just, I want you to stop and listen to me just for a second. He didn't allow royal privileges to spoil him. Uh, he wasn't lazy. He applied himself uh, to his studies and to his work. And folks, listen, I've, and I want to read this because I don't want to mess it up. All the advantages in the world do not make up for the lack of discipline. No matter what your age is, amen. And, and folks, not only lack of discipline in the physical and material spoil, but let me go here. Lack of spiritual discipline also spoils. Amen. I'll give you a good example. Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 13. You remember Samuel? Samuel says to him, wait a minute, I'll be, back. I'll be there in a few days and we'll have a sacrifice and you just wait on me. And Samuel's waiting around and, you know, and he's getting all nervous. And, and you know what he does? He goes up in the temple and he offers a sacrifice. And Samuel, about the time he starts, Samuel says, hey, wait a minute. What are you doing? He didn't wait. The spiritual dis uh, discipline got him. I'll give you another example. There's another guy named Achan. In the battle of Jericho, listen, that was their first battle, their first victory. And listen, and, and it's a, a picture of the tithe and the, the, the first fruits belong to God first. And God says, listen, everything there is mine. Don't touch it. That's mine. Don't bother it. All they had to do was wait till the next battle. In the next battle, God was going to give everything to them. But God said, the first one belongs to me. 
And Achan, he sees that, that silver and that yeah. Babylonian garment in there, and he goes, oh, man, you know what the devil's doing? Yeah. He's dangling that carrot out there. Man, going to look at this. I'm telling you, oh, don't wait. God is always wanting you to wait. If God really loved you and God really cared about you, he'd give it to you now. No, that's not right. Listen, our rewards are coming. It's not right now. We have an inheritance, by the way. Uh, but it's coming. It's not right now. Uh, we're, seeing, we're doing the best we can with, with what we have, and, and God help us to use it for his honor and his glory. But listen, the best is yet to come. But Achan took it. And it cost the lives of, of, of more uh, Israelite men in the battle of Ai. Listen, you know why? Because of the lack of spiritual discipline. It's not, now watch, it's not a lack of opportunity that spoils. It's a lack of discipline. The lack of a good work ethic. The lack of, of being a good steward or, uh, of the opportunities that God gives us. And listen, when I think about that, I think, man, what a great opportunity we have right here at Central Park Baptist Church. Amen. Listen, God help us. And I'll, I mean, I keep thinking about our new theme. It keeps coming up about stay the course. If we'll just stay the course, if we'll just keep doing what God has called us to do and do it to the best of our ability and don't give in and, and don't give up and don't get weary and well-doing because we'll reap in due season if we faint not. Listen, God help us to be a good steward of the opportunities that God gives us. So there was a human purpose, but now there's a heavenly purpose. Uh, God's uh, a purpose for being in the royal household was to prepare Moses for future service for God. Uh, look again, if you didn't already turn over there, look over again to Acts chapter 7. Keep this... Uh, verse close, Acts chapter 7, and, and look in verse uh, 22. Oh, let me find it here. It says, And Moses was learned, learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and deeds. Now watch this. Some of the wisdom of, Egypt, uh, of the Egyptians was, would be worthless, but not all of it. Okay, now remember, Moses is there because God, it was in the, the plan of Almighty God, all right? Amen. Now, Moses is going to be trained in a lot of practical things. He's going to be trained in things like Egyptian government. He'll be trained in things like military strategy. He's going to be trained in things like communication skills, and, 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 and he's going to need all this. And the reason is because later on, he's going to deal with the Egyptian government, He's going to lead Israel into battle against other nations. He's going to write the first five books of the Old Testament. Listen, he needed some training. Amen. He needed to be skilled in order to be used of God. And what, by the way, God is not in the habit of putting people in places of service without them being trained for the position. Amen. Amen. So God worked out the circumstances for Moses to be used of God, and, and God will do the same thing for me and you. You know, listen, we oftentimes think that, oh, I can't do that. Well, why not? You know, I'm not trying to be something that I can't be. Uh, listen, the best thing that we can do is recognize where, you know, where our strengths are and where our weaknesses are. Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all say amen. Uh, so Moses, uh, he's, God's working these circumstances out because God has a plan. Now watch, but the most important training is the spiritual training. This other stuff's going to come in handy, but that's not the most important. 
Moses received this in his own, watch, Moses received the spiritual training in his own home from his mother. And, and I've never really thought about all this, but, but I'm telling it'd be good for us to think about some of this right here because his mother trained him. Listen, before he ever went to the palace, listen, she's raising him. And so he got a lot more spiritual training, listen, not only in the home, but he got some more of it out in the desert from the ages of 40 to 80. But the spiritual training wash did not negate the need of his Egyptian training. He needed that, and God used that to help him. He's going to need it one of these days. Listen, the spiritual is more important. But too many times people stop with the Egyptian training. Too many times we stop with the training that this world gives. Listen, I'm telling you, if we stop simply with the Egyptian training or the training of this world and we push away the spiritual training, listen, it kills Christian service. God help us to understand that. Listen, we have... we we. We've started putting emphasis on the temporal things and the material things of this whole world, and we we stopped putting emphasis on the spiritual things of God, like prayer time, like 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 going out and knocking on somebody's door, like like a, being a prayer warrior for a friend, or or listen the spiritual things. We've got to put our emphasis back on the spiritual and eternal things of Almighty God. That's what gives us uh, that sus- being able to be sustained. I don't. The last few weeks, I've been thinking about these churches that are no longer around. And listen, they had everything that the material world could offer. They had everything that that was needed to keep them going. But as soon as the person that stood in the pulpit was gone, the church was gone. Why? Because the spiritual training wasn't there. Listen, this church is not, listen, the church will only be sustainable as you are sustainable. If we'll continue to build upon the spiritual things, and if you'll build on the spiritual things in your life, your, your relationship with the Word of Almighty God and your relationship with God Himself, listen, and I'm telling you, if the Lord, t- I almost said it, if the Lord don't come back, listen, soon we're not going to be here. But God help us to do what needs to be done in order to continue the work of this church into the future. You say, what's going to do that? Spiritual training. You've got to have some good, strong doctrinal stand. You've got to know who you are and why you are. There's far too many preachers today that get out from under uh, the preaching and the, the sound preaching and the sound doctrine of the Word of God, and, and once they're out from under it, they go out here and do their own thing, their own way, and, and, and doctrine and all those other things is just thrown to the wind. Right, that's right. Listen, spiritual is more important. And if we do not emphasize that, listen, it'll kill Christian service. Preparation for service is vital in God's service. Never underestimate it. And I was thinking of this when I was uh, we're getting ready for uh, the new year, and I thought, you know, churches and, 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 and preachers make mistakes when we put new Christians into teaching positions or any other areas of ministry. Uh, we also make mistakes when we put people into important church offices, and they have neither the the uh, practical ability or spiritual discernment to hold that office. Yeah, amen. Amen. Say, well, have you ever done that? Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. I have. Yeah. 
uh, I've thought and, and without really, I, I put some prayer in it, but not enough. And I've put people in positions of leadership that listen, that, that once they figured out what was going on and the inner workings of a church, I'm telling you, they're, they're, they, they quit. Why? Because they have neither the practical or the spiritual discernment to hold the office. When we vote on deacons at Central Park Baptist Church, it's not because, oh, listen, old Brother Shelton, he's a good old boy and he is my friend. I think he'd make a good deacon. That's the wrong reason. Listen, that's not why he ought to be there. He ought to be there because he is a godly individual. Listen, that he is not a novice, that he has proven himself, that he, has, that he is faithful to the things of God, that he is a student of the word of Almighty God, not just because I like him. That's the worst thing a church could ever do. And we make mistakes by doing that. Um, listen, it's a serious decision when we put people in positions of leadership, whether it's a teacher whether it's in the office of a deacon, no matter what it is, there's a process that comes before putting that person into that position. Listen, a lot of prayer, a lot of seeking God's face, a lot of watching and, and prayer over that person and to make sure that they are the person that God expects them to be, not what I expect or what I want, but what God expects. And we see this very thing about Moses. He received some, some practical uh, instruction, if you will. Uh, he received some spiritual instruction by his mother before they ever took him to the palace. And then after the age of 40, he's going to spend 40 years in the Wilderness Baptist Bible College. And he's going to get taught by God himself. Listen, why? Because God was preparing him to lead his people out of Egypt. And Moses was learning through experience. Um, as the old saying goes, experience is the best teacher. No, I, to a point. But I'm here to let you know, God's the best teacher. His word is the best. This, this is the best student book you'll ever come across if you ever need to know anything about, listen, about anything. It's all right in here. It may not be specific, but you can find Bible principle to live by in every area of your life if you'll just get in it. And churches today still need leaders. They still need leaders in all capacities. But you have to be willing to go through the desert to get there. Same thing with Moses. Listen, he went through, he went through the desert to get to where God could use him. The Bible doesn't tell us what he went through, but, you know, I'm telling you, I've lived out in the desert, and there's nothing, nothing out there very fancy. Uh, just, a, I mean, it's just a kind of that old saying, "Root hog or die." You just got to get out there and get it done. But I'm telling you, if you get out there in the wilderness and you allow God to lead you, you'll come out, Amen. and you'll be on the better because God is the one that teaches you. Listen, this is all, this is all right here. It's all about Moses. There's a human purpose. And there was a divine purpose. God has a divine purpose for you. You have, a, you have a purpose for you, but yours is a human purpose. Can I encourage you today to look through the eyes of faith and seek out 
the divine purpose of your life that God had. God didn't just put you here to sit and sit where you're sitting, fill up that space, and then and then leave on Sunday afternoon, and then be back on Wednesday. No, God put you here for a reason. Get in and get involved. And and if the Lord doesn't come back before the end of 2023, let's look around and see what God did through us. Amen. But God needs you to step up and be the leader that God wants you to be. Father, help us. God, I pray that you'd help us to see these things in the life of Moses. God, he had some godly instruction, Lord, by his mother. I believe that, boy, through his mother that she instills some uh, Bible in him, God, that never went away. And we're going to learn about that in, in the next few weeks. So, God, I pray that you'd help us, too, Lord, to understand the importance of uh, spiritual instruction. God, how much it's so much more important than this old material thing. God, I pray that we'll look through the eyes of faith, not through the eyes of this flesh. So, Lord, that we can see the future, our future in our relationship with you, our future in our, our walk with you. But God, also see the future of Central Park Baptist Church. Lord, you said where there's no vision, the people perish. God, help us, Lord, today uh, to have a vision, Lord, for the future. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while we sing, if the Lord's speaking to your heart about something, whatever that might be, then you come right now. Come on while we sing. Come and.